the show the establishment warned you about. Yeah, that's right. It's the Dr. Tommy Show. Welcome back. We're glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. There's so many new viewers on Rumble that we appreciate it. And uh, thank you for sharing it with your friends. And if you want to also subscribe, that helps us a lot, too. We have a lot of new viewers on Rumble. So if you're watching on Rumble, thanks a lot. Uh, we used to uh, do it on YouTube, but YouTube is a censorship program platform. So now we're doing it on Rumble. And I'm Dr. Tommy. And I'm here with Tracy. Good morning. And uh, we are going to talk a lot about um, some of the stuff that's going on in the schools locally. And uh, it's a pretty alarming. And we're also going to do some stuff on uh, the elections coming up and also talk about some of the concerts that are coming up. And uh, if you want to learn more about the Dr. Tommy show, go to drtommy.com slash podcast. And you can see all the different uh, avenues for listening and also watching. So Tracy found this yesterday. It's pretty scary stuff. Oh, yeah. Sex ed. And this is here locally. Yes, Hillsborough County for seventh grade. Um, Yes, they're going to be talking. You can go ahead and read it if you want. But uh, yeah, basically, they're going to be talking about um, sex ed, which they do. They've always done. I remember having sex ed when I was in school in fifth or sixth grade. They do it now in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. So the curriculum is definitely different than what I experienced. They did it in fifth and sixth grade when you were a kid? Yeah. And now this is seventh grade. So they pushed it back some. They did, which is interesting. I don't know why. And I don't know if it's like that in every school, but it might have something to do with the fact that Kaylee is at a K through eight school. Yeah. It might also have something to do with the uh, stuff they're going to be talking about. Right. It says, uh, this is from the Florida Standard, which is, you said, Will Witz? Will, yes. I'm going to email him or text him or email him on and see if he would want to come do a podcast with you. Is he here in Tampa? Yeah, he just moved from California. To Tampa? To Tampa. Okay. Mm-hmm. And awesome. I've been following him for a long time. Um, he's a young guy, and uh, I just always like what he has to say. Okay, cool. So it says, this is from the Florida Standard. It says, thousand signed petition challenging Tampa school district sex ed curriculum. And so if you read that, what is the first thing you're going to think of if you see that? Not from the Florida Standard, but from a regular newspaper. I'm sorry. I was checking I said, the patient's message. <laughs> it says, thousand signed petition challenging Tampa school oh, district. Oh, gotcha. Yes. And if you saw that in the, like, the headline of the Tampa Bay Times, what would be right. your immediate and reaction? Well, for, well, first of all, I haven't even seen the petition. But then right. I'd, I'd be saying, what's going on? What are they going to be teaching the kids? Why is people signing this petition? And I think the other reaction that the people would have, because they haven't heard what's in this, is they would say, oh, what's the big deal? These fuddy-duddies. You well, know, they don't want people, kids to learn about sex. It's it's everywhere now, and the kids need to learn about it. But the stuff that's in here is pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. Role-playing? Yes. Yeah, it says here, uh, the curriculum includes direct links to progressive organizations, Teen Challenge, Tampa, J- Tampa Bay, and Amaze, uh, which is some type of uh, online program. It says, among the complaints, uh, Parents feel that many of the topics presented to 12-year-olds are prematurely introduced, prematurely if they should ever be. Lessons for 7th graders feature detailed drawings of male and female anatomy and an optional card game in which kids match the sex organ with its function. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, students are introduced to different types of sex, including oral sex, anal sex, vaginal sex, and outer course. Instructors show teachers how uh, instruct HCPS Hillsborough County Public Schools instructs teachers to show students the amaze video on birth control, which informs them that they can go to a family planning clinic such as Planned Parenthood for access to birth control for preventing unwanted pregnancy. The immediately the video immediately follows up a brief mention of abstinence by employing pathos over like over logos stating, "Remember, it's all about what feels right for you." So they have to mention this abstinence just in passing. But they say it's what feels right to you. And then it says, uh, one of the videos is titled Anatomy Assigned Sex at Birth, which features cartoon sketches of naked teens while underscoring the importance of distinguishing sex and gender. So they're they're introducing not just sex education, not just how to protect yourself against getting uh, illness, but they're introducing social engineering into this. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is beyond sex education. This isn't what I learned about when I was when I was in fifth or sixth grade. Um, here is maxi pads. I think boys were probably given condoms and shown how to put them on. Um, it was we talked about reproductive mm-hmm. from a book, mm-hmm. and it was that was it. There's no opinion from the teacher. It was strictly from the book and um, pictures of the uterus. We didn't talk about, you know, there was a boy and it was a boy and a girl. That's it. Mm -hmm. And um, but now, I mean, 
I know that I knew that Kaylee was going to have sex ed because when school first started, it was mentioned in the paperwork that she would be having sex ed this year. And so when she does have sex ed, which is after the Christmas holiday, the form's going to come home with us and we can opt our child out. And I didn't at the time, you know, thinking, I don't know, you know, we have a great governor, so I can't imagine that they're going to be doing this in Florida. I was surprised when you told me. Yeah, I'm shocked. Um, his, so, it's Hillsborough County, though. See, so the counties do whatever they right. want to do for the most part. Right. So... Um, Anyway, I was just thinking, yeah, probably, you know, let her do it. But I've already bought her books. I took a put on myself, you know, to buy her books so she can read and learn about it and then ask me questions. And um, so now that I've seen this, I'm just going to opt her out. And I've already explained to her I'm going to opt her out. So she will not participate in this. So you have the option to opt your child out. And they'll, I don't know, they'll go send them somewhere else the, um, during this lesson. It says, in addition to the video's... Kimple argues the curriculum itself also introduces and normalizes gender confusion for impressionable 12-year-olds. Teachers are instructed to draw a clear distinction between biological sex and gender by giving students the disclaimer that, quote, not all students' gender identities will match their sexual anatomy. A suggested script for the teacher reads, You will notice that this lesson refers to male and female anatomy. We will use these terms for clarity's sake to refer to biological sex or the sex person was assigned at birth. And see, I don't know what school. So this is not about sex education. This is about gender indoctrination. Right. This is grooming, as gender they call it. Gender theory indoctrination. Right. And, um, and I don't know if Kaylee's school will be participating. Um, I they must. This is Hillsborough County. It is, but I don't know. You know, I want to think that they are not going to be doing it. But either way, I'm going to still opt out. Um, mo- I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I met her teachers, like I told her when I discussed this with her. Um, she's at a closed campus. Her campus, this is going on the third year, parents are not allowed on campus Mm -hmm. for fear of, I don't know, I don't know if it's COVID or I don't know if it's afraid of um, a gunman coming on campus. You know, it just says for the safety of the children, it's a closed campus. This is the third year. So at Open House, I've literally met her teachers for two minutes. I don't know their personalities. I don't know how they feel about things. Um, in the past, I would have an opportunity to speak to the teacher or get to know them. But because she's at a closed campus, you know, I'm only relying on what I can read. Yeah. And it's closed campus, like you say. And uh, part of it probably is because of the fear of COVID still. Well, the principal still wears a mask. I think so I think I think COVID, outside all by himself directing traffic. COVID so. introduced the idea that this is okay to kind of because of whatever it's okay to break the norms of communication and break the norms of societal interaction and it's going to be okay to do this indefinitely really so in a in a in a normal scenario you would be able to access your child's school and you'd be involved but like you said this is putting this artificial constraint in there right when i and thank goodness olivia is at a school that is not closed campus right. and they're having a fall festival and we got to do i did breakfast um, coffee and donuts one morning um, kaylee's coffee and donuts they're still having it but it's virtual so you know you get your own donut your own cup of coffee and i just think it's silly and i'm not participating in that mm-hmm. um, but olivia's we can go to you know i got to go to the cat library and sit down with other parents and um, there was discussion and it was really great listen to this teen challenge tampa bay the seventh grade curriculum also includes an assignment for teens called quote teen connect scavenger hunt worksheet sounds sounds very uh uh, yeah. So directions instructs teens to, quote, search the Teen Connect website, Teen Connect Tampa Bay website to learn about sexuality and gender identity. Teen Connect website provides easy access to direct links for other progressive organizations, including Planned Parenthood and over a dozen national, state and local LGBTQ advocacy groups, advocacy groups. So here we are. This is not about sex education here. This is about teaching children about basically things that are for adults right have you did you say anything this is for about adults. reproductive right yeah. i mean is there much in there about like what a uterus is and fallopian tubes and girls gonna be starting their periods and, and how, to, how and what's the difference between a bacteria and a virus and is a virus curable right. that's what's important for the right. kids to know not about whether or not you feel like you're so that's something Johnny, i know you have a penis but you don't have to be a boy that's something for the parents to deal with i think Absolutely. That's what the patient and I were talking about this morning. Um, You know, what we teach our child 
our children in the home. It's our business. Right. And um, so what you, you know, I would not be calling up the neighbor and saying, you know, you should be teaching your child what I'm teaching my child. Well, they don't believe that, though. They believe that they own the child. The child is theirs. Do you remember this guy? He was arrested for uh, grooming children, actually. But he went to one of these groups. Okay, this was back during COVID, when COVID was happening, pandemic, you know, all the you know, usual hysteria that was going on. And so parents were going to these school meetings and and this guy was speaking up as a, as an employee of the school. Oh yeah. And he was saying, we're going to get to your kids, basically, whether you like it or not, they're going to, they're they're going to, we're going to be able to get to them. And there are kids. Yeah. And then he got arrested for trying to pornography, right? I think he was trying to uh, have sex with children. Oh yeah. Whatever the case is, but that's what they believe. They believe that these are our kids. They don't, you're, you as a parent, your rights are, are are subservient to what their rights are. Right. They are the ones that are supposed to raise the children. Right. Yeah, I don't know these people, and I'm not going to. Oh, well, you know, when um, Kaylee first started school, I did have a new form come home this year that asked... Um, I've never seen this, never seen this perform before ever. And, you know, I have a 22-year-old, so... On all the years, I've never seen this form, but um, there was a que- three questions, and one of the questions was, can the school nurse talk to my child about health issues? What kind of health issues? You have to be specific. Right. What are we talking about here? Abortion. Yes. Why would you want to talk to my daughter about health issues? And then, of course, the usual form that I get is, you know, can we give Advil or Tylenol if your child's sick? You know, I've always said, no, Um, you have to consult me first. I don't want you putting anything in my child's mouth without my consent. But I also said, no, you cannot speak to my child about health-related issues unless I know about it. I don't know what you're talking about. And then, so when Kaylee turned the form in, her PE coach seen it and was like, you know, um, you're, you know, this was marked no. So you're, you know, there's some things that you're, um, the nurse is not gonna be able to talk to you about, you know, she, so then Kaylee comes home, comes home and tells me, Oh, the principal, I mean, the PE coach says, you know, um, I'm going to miss out basically right. on some information from the nurse because you marked no. I'm like, yeah, I marked no on purpose and I meant it. Mm-hmm. I don't want the nurse talking to you about things unless it's discussed with me first. I've never met the nurse. Right. I don't know who she is. Right. I'm a nurse and, and, you're, and I said, your stepfather is a physician, so... Any questions you have, come to us. Yeah. I don't want you to go to your school nurse. And, and she very well could be a wonderful woman. But again, I don't know her. It's just a kind of surreptitious way they slip it in there, though. You know, it's like under the guise of just health. They're going to just say, well, we can talk to your child about health and give us this permission to. Right. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Give me some specifics. What do you want? Yeah. To these talk are the things we can about? talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Illnesses. But I thought it was a little crazy that then her PE coach comes to Kaylee and you know that's oh your problem. mom didn't mark the right thing yeah and that's the thing is these kids are uh, let's say they have this this thing okay they have this whatever this is this curriculum and then they start having a discussion those children that they're going to be uh, forced or not forced but made to feel left out if they don't agree with whatever the person leading the discussion is saying because of the peer pressure Right. So they're going to say, who in here has heard of transgenderism? They all raise their hands. Mm. Who in here is against transgenderism? Mm. Well, nobody's going to raise their hand. Right. Who I mean, in here believes that it's it's wrong for uh, 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 people to be denied their, uh, their uh, whatever their gender identity is? You know, who believes that gender is assigned at birth? And who that, believes that doctors yes. are wrong to do that? And, you know, and then these kids are going to be, and that's the way you start brainwashing them. Right. And that's absolutely true, though. For this age, for middle school age, um, you know, their kids are vulnerable and, you know, they are unsure of themselves and they're hormonal. And, um, you know, so if they see the 15 kids in the classroom are raising their hand, maybe like, okay, maybe I should yeah. raise my hand too. Yeah. And, um, a good example, and this is not about reproductive, but yesterday Kaylee told me that her, her little girlfriend at school, they were talking a little bit about politics and her friend, um, they were talking about who they voted for mm-hmm. or their parents voted for. And Kaylee says, um, Ains, uh, this little girl said that her parents voted for President Biden. And Kaylee said, you know, why? And then she said, well, uh, Trump is racist. And then I said, did you tell her who your parents voted for? And she said, no. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. I'm like, why not? It's okay if she can say who she voted for and you didn't get angry. You should be able to do the same. You know, 
that's how communication is. That's how discussions work. You can talk back and forth with each other without getting angry. Fine. If she thinks president Trump is racist, so be it. You know, we don't think he's racist and you can, it's okay to express that. Well, you know, the way the kids are now impressionable, young, like you said, hormonal, they're saying now there's a, a, what was it, the increase? I can't remember the percent, but a, such a huge increase in the number of kids that are identifying as transgender now. Right. They're not really trans. They're just like, um, they're not, they haven't had any sex changes or yeah. they're just saying, identifying, I, yes. I'm identifying. Yes. And I know that that is true too, because uh, my very close friend told me they're at her, um, her children's school, which is a private school. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the girls are claiming that and also saying they're all lesbian. Right. So you're taking these kids now who are young, hormonal. They all are, a lot of them already feel awkward. They're not fitting in. Mm -hmm. And then you give them this group, which has to have universal acclaim. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, now transgenders or people who are transgender or LGBTQ, whatever you want to call it. Now these people are going to be automatically have uh, a virtue given upon them. Mm-hmm. And so more kids are auto- automatically going to gravitate towards that. But right. you say, well, that's innocent enough, whatever. Okay, well, then you start moving on to the next step. So what do, they, what do they do here? They go to these school, they go to these things. So these kids that already feel a little awkward, maybe they say, you know what, maybe I am a different sex or maybe I am, uh, you know, I'm a lesbian or I'm gay or whatever the case is, or I'm asexual. And then they start putting them in this thing. And then they say, well, now we go to the next step. Mm. Now that you've identified as this, you we need to start talking about how to start transitioning you, how mm. to get a gender affirming care. And we don't need to let your parents know that. So this is what, this is the foot in the door here. Mm. These types of, it's sex, it's all, it is a sex ed, you know, sex ed is as old as as, as far as I remember, school has been. Right. I mean, maybe in the 50s they didn't have sex ed. I don't know. But as far as long as we've been around, sex mm-hmm. ed's been around. So they slipped this in under the guise of sex ed and saying, well, this is just sex ed. But it's not just sex ed. Mm-hmm. This is about yeah. uh, this is about trying to mold the minds of children into a more left-wing progressive ideology about in this case, gender. I would love to know what the superintendent has to say because well, right now he will not. Uh, I bet you I know what he has to he say. He will not reply. He'll have to say, he'll have to wait and then he might change his mind later, but he'll say whatever's yeah. politically expedient. Yeah, for sure. He is. Uh, listen to this. This is more from this article. This is for this other group that's been used, is used now by Hillsborough County as an official partner, amaze.org. It says, beyond what is explicitly included in curriculum, parents are concerned with the chosen third-party resources and uh, the possibility they serve as a gateway for students. Hillsborough County Public Schools utilizes videos from amaze.org and lists the entire website under, quote, additional teacher resources. Amaze's YouTube channel has an array of videos covering progressive talking points on gender and uh, sexuality. Video titles include How the Boner Grows, Puberty and Transgender Youth, How many times can a person masturbate in one day? Does penis size really matter? And females and masturbation. In a video about porn, the narrator states that looking at pictures or films of naked bodies or people in sexual behaviors is perfectly normal. How is this not grooming? This is... This is from the Hillsborough County Public Schools official website referring people to this amaze.org. Yeah. How is this not grooming? it's, It's really unbelievable. Do you remember though what, what her business patient do they told have about talking to about children about sex? She was in a group message. Her daughter was in a group message, and she read her daughter's message because I. Oh yes, do you remember? Yes, and I remember. The child. Absolutely, the child was doing something sexual child, to herself. Yeah, she said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't reply. You know, I was masturbating. Yeah, and this girl's 11 years old. Yeah." 11 years old. They're sexualized at a young age, either if they don't, if they're not in some type of home where, where they're exposed to it, they're going to get it in school. Yeah. They're going to get sexualized at a young age, either if, if you're a parent and you, and there, for whatever reason, you, your child is exposed to it. Maybe the, maybe it's not a, you know, a household where there's a, a mom and a dad or a mom and a dad that are, you know, single parents that are in charge of things. Maybe there's a chaotic lifestyle, mm-hmm. boyfriends sleeping over, girlfriends sleeping over, whatever the case is. And they get exposed to sexuality at a young age. That's one thing. Okay. That's bad enough. Mm-hmm. But then if you'd have a perfectly normal situation, they're still going to get it. If you let them just go to sex ed, if you're not, 
if you don't, mm-hmm. if you're not able to under, see this. And her children go to private school. Yes. So I don't know what their I don't know what their curriculum is, but everybody seems to be lesbian, which I know girls do that in middle school. They're unsure, you know. Do I like boys? Do I like girls? Mm-hmm. Do I like both? You know, I don't know. They're they're it's a very a hard age. I feel like middle school is a very difficult age, mostly because their you know their hormones are just they don't know what's going on. They're angry. They're crying. They're happy. You know. Um, this is a vulnerable time, though, for the school. This is like the perfect time for the school yeah. to teach the children right. this nonsense. Right. It says another video. This is back to amaze.org called Range of Gender Identities. Two children tell their parents at the dinner table that back in the day, most people understood the world in terms of just boys and girls. But now we know gender is more complex than that. After the father admits he's still confused, the mother joins in adding, that's OK. You don't have to fully understand someone to respect them. So that's the thing is. You have to respect whatever they say and no matter what, no one's wrong. So they can't tell you like, so, so they tell you this, this is from the, this is part of the May stuff. So the kid reads this and then they come home to you or I, and they say, uh, well, you know, boys can be girls and girls can be boys and it's perfectly normal. And we say, no, it's not. And then they say, well, you don't respect me then. How do you know that? Well, that's what they taught us in the school. Mm-hmm. So they're dividing children against their parents too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Another one's called abortion with pills. What is that? Promotes self-managed chemical abortions, stating that, quote, someone they can give someone an important feeling of safety and being in control of their own choices. No mention is ever made of the developing fetus in the womb of the pregnant one. It goes on and on and on. Do they and talk on. about how, you know, let's say a 12 year old has an abortion. Maybe she will never go on to have ch- children one day when she's married. Oh, that's not true. Abortion's just like uh, getting a mole removed, right? I know they act like it. Well, that's what it says here. This is from the Daily Caller. This is transition. It actually feels a lot like childbirth. Reporter whispers as NPR airs abortion procedure on air. This is from the Daily Caller. NPR aired audio of an abortion Thursday, including sounds of a woman crying, a loud medical instrument running, and the voices of staff calming the patient down during the procedure. The abortion audio was part of a segment on abortion in Michigan where the battle is raging over whether the state will enforce its pre-Roe v. Wade ban on abortion. The woman whose abortion was recorded uh, was 11 weeks pregnant. Some listeners will find the details of the story disturbing, the reporter warns warns earlier in the segment. And then they play it. I'm not going to play it. Most patients are still partially awake during the procedures. They get IV sedation for pain and anxiety. Lights are dimmed. There's soothing music. It actually feels a lot like childbirth. Except it's the opposite of childbirth. After interviewing a few patients in the room, the reporter joins an unnamed woman for an abortion, narrating the entire procedure. Why did they do this? I don't know. A staff member holds a woman's hand, and another staff member warns her that a machine is going to turn on and make a loud noise. After the medical instrument, presuming a vacuum, begins running, the patient cries as a staff member tells her repeatedly to keep breathing. The patient has painful cramps and says she can't breathe. The abortion ends within a few minutes. Uh, then the doctor says, you did it. You did great in high pitched voices. Oh, staff members say that. Well, well, if it's over in a few minutes, it's obviously it's much easier to have an abortion than childbirth. Cause we know that doesn't take a few minutes, yeah. but again, you know, that's that, but this thing, this thing back to the school thing is saying, you know, chemical abortion. It's okay. It's, a, it gives you an important feeling of safety. And so people don't, kids aren't warned about the, the consequences of their actions being sexually promiscuous or anything. All they do is constantly encouraged to do this. Mm-hmm. And you say, Oh, well, you're just being old fuddy duddy, whatever. It's up to the parents to be a fuddy duddy or not be a fuddy duddy. It's not up to the damn school Mm. to say, look, we're going to institute this promiscuous behavior promoting agenda. And that's going on in Hillsborough County, like you said, in a red state, pretty much for the most part. And here we are. Yeah. And I'm shocked that it's happening in our state. Um, I can't wait to hear what Governor DeSantis has to say about it. Well, he may not even know about it, you know. I didn't know about it until you showed me. I didn't know it. Yeah, I was, I was watching a mother at the school board meeting talk about this. And uh, like I said, I was watching Will Witt. He's with the Florida Standard. Mm-hmm. And um, so everything he reports on is, you know, Florida. And because he's in Tampa, he reports on a lot of Hillsborough County information. Um, but yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised that uh, it is going on, unfortunately, most parents don't know about it. 
I didn't know about it. You didn't know about it. And we we're very much in tune to this. Mm-hmm. I probably say we're more, we're probably in the top 1% of people who are in tune to this type of thing. Mm-hmm. So think about all the people who are not. Yeah. Think about uh, the parents that don't interact with their children. Like you said before, mm-hmm. the, the single mom that's, you know, working two jobs and doesn't have time to really sit down Yeah, and, um, you know, speak to her children about what's going on in the day. Yeah. This is an interesting article. This is from a lady named Emily Oster, who's with the Atlantic. And she goes, let's declare a public amnesty. And she goes, this is about, uh, you know, COVID happened. Now it's just time to move on. All the things that happened with COVID, all the lockdowns, all the people losing their jobs, all the people being ostracized for not getting a vaccine. We just need to move on. She goes, in April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks and I ha- that I had made myself. We had, a fam- we had a family hand signal, which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail, and we needed to put our masks on. Once, when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled out at her, social distancing. These precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done much of anything. But the thing is, we didn't know. I've been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to the class I'm co-teaching at Brown University on COVID. We spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we made under the circumstances of tremendous uncertainty. And she goes on to say that basically we didn't know that the, uh, the, all these things that we were trying to force people to do were not the right thing, as if this was the only thing that was known. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, to be fair, in the beginning, uh, you know, a lot of people did not know, you know, this COVID was new. It was very scary. I mean, I was watching the John Hopkins site every single day, watching the death rate and the, the death toll increase hourly. And it was very scary. I know you were never scared, but I, I was concerned and I just started a new medication that compromised my immune system. So I was, you know, a little worried about myself, you know, and, and, and getting COVID. Um, and I know, I remember I asked you to wear a mask too, and we all wore masks. And when you came home working COVID clinics, I would have you take your clothes off outside, Mm -hmm. but this did not happen. I mean, this was like a couple months Mm -hmm. and then, you know, as we're learning, we're reading our, on our own, like, this doesn't sound right. How could this mask protect me? So what she's doing, this Emily Oster, is conflating two things. She's conflating what you just said, Mm -hmm. which I would say 95% of America uh, either experienced themselves or understands. Mm -hmm. And she's conflating that within what took off later on. So she's saying now, we didn't know that the cloth mask didn't work. We didn't know that you couldn't catch coronavirus outside. Okay, 95% of maybe 90% people thought that, right, initially. But then what people like Emily did is they went on to say, well, let's take that now to the next level. So the vaccines, the vaccines work and the vaccines will stop the transmission of the virus and you must get the vaccine. Right. Her last sentence, it, it is interesting because her art, uh, the way her article is um, written, but then the last paragraph is mandate, ma- va- mandate vaccines. I mean, mm-hmm. we should mandate vaccines. Mm-hmm. But we know now also... Okay, so yes, we didn't know in the beginning. Wear masks, wear masks. We're thinking, okay, we're we're keeping ourselves safe. We're keeping other people safe. Yeah. Okay. Then when we learned masks don't help, we got rid of the masks, and and then the vaccine. Of course, you know, in the beginning, people thought that it was safe. Now we know it's causing heart problems. We, we know now. Too, you know that still, still isn't official, right? But we have this is what's official about people it. People dropping like flies everywhere. This is what's official about it is that. In some adolescents, that it can cause myocarditis. Well, we also know that um, there's a lot of forty and fifty year olds that are just dying. Yes, for, and they're they're healthy. But anyway, she's still she's recommending the vaccine, even though now we know all these things about the vaccine. Yeah. So here's even how if she, even if you don't want to say it causes heart disease, we know that it does not stop the transmission. Here's what she has to say about vaccines. Another example is when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of J&J shot versus mRNA options for Pfizer and Moderna. The mRNA vaccines have won out. But by that time, many in the public health were either neutral or expressed a J&J preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was a result of uncertainty. However, some people intended to mislead and made wildly 
irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? Uh, Do you remember that? I do not. You know why they're saying that? They're saying that Donald Trump told people to inject themselves with bleach. Right. He did talk about inhaling... Um, Disinfectant. Yes. Inhaling something, maybe bleach. I don't remember, but he was talking about inhaling. And I think they do that in some places, right? As, I mean, it's diluted, obviously, very, right. very, very little bit. Right. What they took but, was something that he said and completely right. twisted it right. into something that sounds ludicrous. Right. Also injecting yourself with, um, 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 oh, what was the stuff that people use? The fishbowl cleaner or something? Yeah. I can't remember. Chloroquine. Yes. And the people inject themselves. And I think the husband died. So th- I mean, really, if you're taking things out of context and you... So this woman wants an amnesty. She wants to be forgiven for doing what she did. Well, she still yeah, has All she job. does is keeps misrepresenting and, and, and causing misinformation. And she still has her job. Yeah. She never lost her job. I mean, what about the people that lost their job right now? Maybe have, maybe even lost their home. Maybe they end up getting a divorce throughout this, you know, or maybe they're living in their car now because both husband and wife lost their job. Yeah. And so she's saying that, like you said about the vaccine, says, uh, many people have neglected their health care over the past several years, notably routine vaccination rates for children, blah, 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 are way down. Rather than debating the role about messaging uh, rather than debating the role that messaging about covid vaccines had in this 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 decline we need to put all of our energy into bringing these rates back up pediatricians and public health officials will need to work together on community outreach and politicians will need to consider school mandates so damn she doesn't learn i know emily learn from your damn mistakes before just keep your mouth shut let yeah. people make their own damn minds up. Yeah, mandating. You know, when your kid was on the trail yelling at the other kids, that was because of you. That was because <laughs> you, you are a neurotic person. Drop this shit about the mandates for vaccines, you psychopath. <laughs> Do you remember when we were at Lettuce Lake Park? Same thing happened. And we were walking through the woods. And, of course, we didn't have our masks. I mean, we're outside in the wilderness. It was about... April of 2020. Yes. Because we were getting our taxes done. Yes. And here come these kids. 20-year-olds. In the opposite direction. And you would have thought they had just seen us standing there with a gun. Right. They had a look of complete, like their faces turned pale. Yeah. And then they hurry and put their mask on before they walked by us. And I, I couldn't help but giggle at the thought. But also, I felt sad for them. Yeah. That they're, you know, I mean, this boy is 20 years old. I mean, unless maybe he had some, I mean, it was the whole family, you know, three or four people, but I doubt all four of them had an illness where, you know, if they got COVID, they were all going to die, all four of them. Right. But so anyway, they all look very healthy. Look, look, they look like healthy people, but mm-hmm. I felt sorry for them because the media had made them so scared. Yeah. And people like Emily Oster. You know, so she's on one hand, she's saying, let's get amnesty from my stupid idea that I had before that I could that I had to mask up and get COVID outside. But let's not back off my idea that everyone must have the vaccine yeah. because I've been vaccinated. Yeah, because really? Rochelle Walensky got vaccinated with the brand new bivalent vaccine and got COVID one month later. Yeah. All right, Emily, if you want to get that vaccine, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. But don't tell us all and don't start preaching again because then in another year you're going to be asking for another amnesty and pretty soon you run out of you run out of chances. Just shut mm-hmm. your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, we, they know that it doesn't stop transmission. I know. They've admitted that. They never tested it. Right. Exactly. From the horse's mouth, they said they never tested it. Right. They never tested it. All they it. tested was, well, they claimed that they have all this data that show it prevents hospitalizations. How they know that, I don't know. They've I, never shown that I data I will tell you either. that there was, how many people on our family vacation? Near 40 people. And, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 people ended up getting COVID on our family vacation. And, and all, all but, but two, one of them were, were two. Two were, people. And those two people had already been, um, had already had COVID once mm-hmm. and everyone else had their vaccine. So they either had two vaccines or they were boosted. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They all got COVID. But so that's the thing is, and and they're mandating and she's in favor of mandating. And it's not right. just her. It's people, repre- it's what she represents is this, this, uh, this, this, this group of people who just want to enforce their beliefs on you yeah it all comes down to if we had a better leader control if we had had a better leader 
that knew what he was talking about, Dr. Fauci. But yes, Dr. Fauci misled a lot of people. Yeah, wear masks. Don't wear masks. Yeah. Oh wait, yes, you should wear masks, but don't wear medical masks because the medical people yeah. need those masks. Wear, Just wear cloth. Masks. And wear two masks is better than yeah, one. Yeah, or wear a bandana or put a sock over your and, mouth. And this is the other thing with Dr. Fauci that he got wrong is he said during COVID and they shut down entire football seasons because of COVID. The 2020 season was for most people was not a full football season. They said there was going to be nothing but super spreader events. People were going to die. We have to. Sh- we can't have sports. Okay, so that's what they said. And then 2020 came and went, and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So what happened in 2021? We had full sports, you know, packed stadiums. Yet people were still saying, people like Fauci were saying, this is a super spreader event. This is going to cause uh, death, and it never happened. Right? They were full of shit. And, um, and this person here, and this and this is this interesting. This is our last. Last paragraph. The standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. But dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Let's acknowledge that we make complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty. And then let's work together to build back and move forward. I understand that that is. So I do understand that you learn, you know, as COVID was happening, we but were, she doesn't learn. We were learning, but we should we all know it now if you don't know now then you're just stupid well she doesn't learn yeah but she just writes in the second paragraph that she learns right before the paragraph where she's saying we have to mandate vaccines mm. yeah well i still have family members they're going to get their boosters so i think everyone should week. be allowed to that's what it, i think you know i'm thinking why stop with the damn mandates you that's had, what i've always been about you had covid already and then you're you've already been vaccinated now you're going to get a booster and i don't understand it but whatever they can get it i'm not going to call them up yeah, and cuss them out i don't care about or, it i care about people who want to say because you didn't choose what i chose then you should be punished yeah. because you didn't choose to get the man the the vaccine you should be punished which they're still doing and which they did in the past and that's what these people need to seek amnesty for mm-hmm. it's not about wearing masks wearing masks is not a big deal mm-hmm. it's about yeah. the covid damn vaccine mandates where people lost their livelihoods people were ostracized people's brains like hers were completely warped they turned on their family members they have a whole series of tweets about her yeah. about all the horrible things she was saying about you know, wishing, basically saying, if you're unvaccinated, you deserve whatever you're going to get, mm-hmm. you know? So they poison yeah. the minds of people. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, this, this is funny. You, we've been looking at, um, you know, cruises lately. And so carnival cruise, they, um, you know, you can cruise now without being vaccinated, which is new, which is very but new. But you can't cruise, I think, to Canada. You still have to show vaccination, I think. Okay, maybe. or maybe not. I don't. There know. There are some cruises that do require you to be vaccinated. But in a, you can leave from a cruise ship in the United States and not be vaccinated. Okay, but you probably just have to test. And um, so I know with Carnival, you don't right? No, no testing, uh, no um, vaccination is required. Now there is one or two ports you cannot get off at if you are not vaccinated. That's going to change, I'm sure, real quick when people. That, that's what the Carnival lady told you. Spending, she told me that I read about it also, mm-hmm. and then she told me about it, and I said yes, I, I already read about that. Um, but of course, she goes, they're going to change their mind soon when all the tourists are spending their money right. in, let's say, Honduras or Belize or wherever, and no one's coming you know to spend money at their plate and mm-hmm. their you know their country or their island but um the cruise person the cru- did, did just tell me that they stopped the man the stopped um the testing um just last week yeah because she said so what they were requiring people to do stupid. is bring your test either you can take a picture of the your test your negative test had to be taken three days prior to your cruise so you take a picture of the test it's like a pregnancy test you know take your picture and then you show them yeah or, how valid or, is that you, like she said you could be taking you could be swabbing your dog you, could, you know yeah. and or so you could do that or you can bring your test in like a little baggie yeah, even that's though disgusting even though, even though you know you're not supposed to read it after so many minutes right so then people were bringing in their little baggies and then they were like this is stupid right Right. And that's we're the not, thing. We're not going to do this. So they haven't announced it. But yeah, so with Carnival Cruises, anyone looking to cruise, Carnival, there's no testing required, no vaccination mandate. If you are at liberty to go cruise all you want. Yeah. But isn't that funny? Like bring your little baggie of uh, your little test. Yeah, it is fun. It's stupid. And, and, the, and the reason for it is because the CDC. 
Mm-hmm. The CDC recommended it. Yeah. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, where the people are the smartest of the smart go, right? This is yeah. the kind of stupid stuff they recommend. Yeah. Now, some uh, some islands, too, they um, that are still requiring um, vaccination or testing, when you, um, or if you just fly to their country, you have to be, allow them to test you. And that's $100 really? for them to swab you. But I wouldn't go to that damn island. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. But it's $100 I remember for one them of our, to do that. One of our patients goes back and forth to Dominican because his wife is from the Dominican Republic. Right. And he said, this was during the height of COVID. He was traveling, well, when you were allowed to, mm-hmm. when it first became allowed to. So COVID was still going on and mm-hmm. people like Emily were just still badgering people on the internet about wearing masks and everything else. Anyway, um, he said the COVID doesn't exist there. They don't yeah. ask about COVID. They don't test for COVID. COVID doesn't exist. They don't right. want to know about it. Right. But what's interesting is when his wife, um, who was trying to get here to the United States and live with her husband... She was, so the United States forced her to be vaccinated. Right. Okay, so she had to be vaccinated in order to come here and live. But then we have all these border crossers. They they don't require it. They're not doing it. They're not vaccinating them no. or testing them. No. But Vanessa had to jump through all these hoops, you know, that's how it, I don't understand it. I see why people come here illegally, you know, because... They just come across the, you know, water or whatever. They're like, here, we're free and you're here and we're going to feed you and put you in a hotel. And if you come legally, we're going to make you do all these testings and immunizations the and then pay the lawyers for the next five years. Yeah. And it's not just once. It's a continual process. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and I know it, it, it not, people might not know that, but it does happen in my sister's family or have, have been dealing with it for five years. Thousands now. and thousands of dollars. They pay the lawyer every They're here month. working. Paying taxes. Not getting arrested. Right. Not shooting anybody, mm-hmm. not breaking in anybody's home and bludgeoning with a hammer, which they found out that guy who beat up Paul Pelosi is an illegal alien. I did see the headline for that. I didn't read the article. Yeah. He said he was here on a visa and he overstayed his visa, which makes him illegal alien. But I did listen to the audio uh, or I did listen to the um, call. Yeah. Did you listen to the call? No. Uh, well, apparently uh, Paul Pelosi says that it was a friend. Yeah. They, they, so I want him like, what happened? We'll never he know. He says it was a friend that was there. And All then they I have guess, to do I don't is know. release the body cam footage, which they have said already they're not going to do. Why? Because, because it's not in the public interest. It is, though. Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know, but they say it's not in the public interest. Everyone is dying to know. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't like Nancy Pelosi. You know, I think they yeah. just want to. I mean, I want to know. I don't like her either, but I want to know what happened. I want to know what happened. You know the reason why? Why? One of the reasons is because these uh, politicians keep trying to use this as a cudgel against us again. <laughs> yeah, Everything I know. is always a reason to blame conservatives. Yeah, he was a MAGA supporter. He was a ma- he was inspired by Donald Trump. I mean, God, give it a rest. Yeah, give it a. F- Give it a rest. Just like little three-year-olds, you know, blaming their friend and, you know, for everything that happens, you know, like little toddlers. Yeah. These are grown adults. How long are you going to blame Trump supporters <laughs> or Trump? I just wanted to read this thing about this. You're talking about the vaccines. This is from uh, Alex Berenson, Unreported Truths, his Substack. It says the funeral business is booming and not because of COVID. How bad is the rise in mortality? So bad funeral companies are starting to worry. Today, total today, Service Corporation International, largest for-profit funeral operator in North America, had its quarterly earnings call. SCI had another great quarter. You'll be pleased to hear. So far in 2022, the company has made almost 500 million in profits, and its stock rose more than 10% today after its earnings report. And this shows a graph that basically the stock is skyrocketing. SCI's management seems fairly open with investors. For many years, much of the company's growth came from buying family-run funeral homes as their operators um, died out. The underlying funeral business is slow growth and very predictable, at least it used to be. As Thomas L. Ryan, Service Corporation's chairman and chief executive, told investors Wednesday morning, if you go back in this industry, in particular with SCI, year to year, you would expect to see the numbers of deaths. Probably one year, you may see 1% or 2%, and the next year, you're up 1% or 2%, which you could predict was pretty good accuracy year over year over a big footprint like ours, which is probably going to happen. 2020 comes along. COVID, game changer, right? We're having to do, at one point of the time, 20% more funerals, which is unheard of in a year versus, let's say, a year year or two before. So Service Corporation expected that once COVID passed, its business would go back to normal. 
And then it goes back to the uh, Thomas Ryan. It goes, what we would have expected is, why wouldn't we go backward, uh, go back towards this, let's say, a 2019 level? Maybe you get a percent or so growth of 2019. I would expect that. So that would be a reasonable level that we think would stabilize. And that's what we kind of anticipated, only that's not what happened. What we're telling you is the third quarter of this year, the 2022, we did 15% more calls than we did in the third quarter of 2019. That's not what everyone had expected, and, and that was with a very minimal amount of COVID deaths. COVID is gone. This is back to the article. COVID is gone, but people keep dying. Unsurprisingly, Co- Ryan did not mention mRNA vaccines anywhere. Why would he? Doing so would only make his for headaches for him and service corporation that he doesn't need. But earlier in the call, he did point out to more cancer deaths and more broadly a decline in overall health. We believe these excess services are permanent in nature in a combination of aging, demographics, higher risk, less healthy lifestyle uh, developed during the pandemic. He also suggests delayed medical care might be an issue. These explanations are strained at best. Aging demographics are hardly new and lockdowns that caused a less healthy lifestyle ended in mid-2020 in most red states by early 2021 everywhere else. Opioids and overdoses generally remain a horrendous crisis, but deaths appear to have peaked in 2022 and fallen only slightly since. As for the discussion and delays in medical care, hospitals and doctor's offices have functioned essentially normally for at least 18 months. In any case, the United States is hardly alone in seeing a large and so far unexplained spike in deaths in 2022. Countries from Germany to Australia to Taiwan are also seeing similar trends. They all have something in common. No points for guessing what. In any case, service corporation expecting business to stay good for years to come. These trends are hard to reverse quickly, Ryan said. I hope three or four or five years from now we will subside a bit, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. When is that going to be reported? It's not. It's got to be at some point. Well, right now they're still pushing the vaccine mandates. And so we're pushing the vaccine. It's you hear the commercials every day. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel for people who, uh, I don't know. I hope nothing happens. I hope it's, I don't know. Something's happening. I hope not because we have a lot of loved ones who are vaccinated. That's what I'm saying. Something's happening though. We can't deny the truth. Well, right now, this is research. This is how research works. Yes. I used to work in research, so I remember, uh, you know, a person is put on a medication, uh, usually for close to 10 years. You're monitored. You're followed closely with blood work. Uh, You know, sometimes there's good, you know, response. Sometimes there's bad response. This is all, you know, this is going to happen for the next 10 years, I would, would guess. Which is what happens sometimes, you know, they bring drugs out on the market. So it's been researched for 10 years and then they bring it out in the market. And then guess what? They stop it after so long because too many, you know, they're causing cancer or it's, you know, causing something and they, they pull it from the market. Everyone that participate, everybody that got a vaccine participated in this research program, mm-hmm. whether they were paid or not. Most of them obviously weren't paid. Well, some got cheeseburgers and fries, you know, from New York. Yeah. They also got lottery tickets some places. Yeah. Um, but yes, you were part of research. You know, I covered this a few weeks ago. Mark Stein had a, a graphic about the most vaccinated countries in Europe were also the most deaths in Europe. And then I remember reading this. This is from this is something I read earlier. This is about Haiti. So I'm just going to read you some headlines. I just Googled low vaccination rate in Haiti. And so MSM, Haiti's low vaccination rate sparks worries. Uh, this is from the CDC. Oh, this is from uh, that's from Haiti. And this is CNBC. These countries have the lowest vaccination rates in the world. Uh, Dominican Republic and Haiti. OK, and then it come down to another headline. Experts puzzled by why Haiti oh, experts puzzled why Haiti has one of the lowest COVID death rates. So that's something that they haven't reported. So COVID death rates in Haiti are some of the lowest. And here's that for NPR. COVID-19 death rates are impressively low in Haiti. <laughs> These are smart people, the CDC. This is their life. Oh, no, Blo- I don't know. Well, supposedly. We've seen some articles in the last two years the CDC has put out. Let's say, do you remember the monkeypox vaccine, um, the monkeypox article? Yeah. And how silly, uh, you know, things to do to. Oh yes. I mean, I just couldn't believe. I just, I'm like the masturbating CDC. groups away from each other. Yeah, you know, you go. That to was this right. You were from the CDC, and you go to this corner. It was unbelievable. I, I cannot believe that educated people put that article out. Yeah. So Haiti is one of the lowest death rates, and yet this these people are constantly worrying why Haiti's got low vaccination rates and we need to do more to uh, uh, inoculate people in Haiti. 
The same thing happened in Nigeria. It's happening in Nigeria. Nigeria has 200 million people. They've had like, I don't know how many, I don't want to misquote, but a minuscule amount of deaths. So they have two-thirds the uh, population of the United States. They have almost, I forgot, I'm not going to, like I said, I don't want to look at it, but it's a very minuscule amount of death. This is nowhere near the percentage of deaths we've had in the United States. From the very beginning, I've always said there's something about parasitic uh, either treatments or parasitic immunity through uh, genetics that has got something to do with COVID. And that was the whole reasoning behind behind why Plaquenil works uh, against COVID was because it acidified the uh, the vesicle that when the virus gets in the cell, it, Plaquenil acidifies the vesicle and makes that virus less likely to uh, do its damage. That's the same way you kill parasites. That's the way parasites enter the cell. They get engulfed in the cell to become a parasite in the cell. That's why Plaquenil was a good, but that was not allowed. People like Emily Oster would be for you being banned from social media, losing your job, maybe even put in jail for misinformation for saying stuff like that. Then she would go on to misrepresent what you said years later by saying, you're telling people to use horse dewormer. You're telling people to use medicine that can make them blind and have heart attacks. You're a piece of crap. So this is, this is what we have to learn. This not... We don't have to learn from what she said, because what she says is bullshit about getting amnesty for what she said. What we really have to learn is what happened when people tried to offer an alternative. See how they were shut down. We can't repeat that. Right. Well, we know with hydroxychloroquine, they put a block on it. Yeah. You couldn't prescribe it. And this was literally like three months after they started you know, wanting to prescribe it. Um, we called the pharmacy and he, and our pharmacist was, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. And you were at risk of losing your license if you prescribed it in some places. Right. You cannot um, prescribe that. The Florida board of pharmacy has put a block on it. I'll tell you what, there's a $20 a month medication. Now, if a patient wants to take it, why can't he take it? Yeah. You know, we live in a country where you're allowed to have uh, your breast removed if you're a teenager, if you feel like you're the opposite bre- opposite sex. But if you're an adult, you cannot take Plaquenil for a disease which you think may help you and your doctor. Right. That's the country we live in. Yeah, and it's still not um, a medication that's um, they're still not using it. Now, ivermectin has been added. But not Plaquenil. And um, we also know you can look up the research that they used for Plaquenil. They used too much. They used too much. Why wouldn't they just one tablet twice a day? I've seen a lot. And everyone's going. Remember, everyone on everyone on these drug studies was going blind. I've seen a lot of studies on uh, ivermectin and Plaquenil come across my uh, email that shows that it doesn't work. Or if it does, it doesn't show a benefit, let's say. Uh, of those research studies, I haven't seen any that said that they caused any of the stuff that they said they would cause. Yeah. The, that's Because that's why they said it. That's why they said you shouldn't be allowed to use it because it's dangerous. They didn't say you shouldn't be allowed to use it because it won't work. Mm-hmm. They had to put that extra fear in there. They had to use misinformation again mm-hmm. to make you not want to use it and to say this is the reason you can't use it. Right. You're going to have um, You're gonna abnormal, go blind. abnormal um heart rhythms and you're going to go blind and then they didn't say that if you got the uh, if you got the mrna shot that you would have abnormal periods they didn't say that Mm -hmm. but if you posted that because people were experiencing it then you get banned from twitter you'd get banned from facebook you're a misinformation person until now it's official now it's official that it will mess with your periods Mm -hmm. they will say that so how much of this other stuff is going to come out later on that's now in the conspiracy theory realm that is now official? And then how many people like Emily Oster, Dr. Fauci will be pulling a, we need to have an amnesty. We didn't know. We were just doing our best. We had no uh, ill intentions. Yeah. Uh, we're going on a concert soon as Trans-Siberian Orchestra is coming up. Yep. So if you're out there and you haven't seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra, highly recommend it. There's uh, probably be one near you. Yep, most likely. They're, um, I mean, I don't know how many states they are traveling to, but I'm excited. The girls are all excited. Trans-Siberian Orchestra is a shortcut version. Uh, what it is, is it's a, it's a rock and roll 
performance of Christmas music in the mm-hmm. first half of the uh, of the first half of the show, which is roughly an hour, mm-hmm. and then in the second half of the show, it's a performance of other music, which is also by Trans Siberian Orchestra, which is mostly based on. Uh, symphony type music Mm -hmm. like uh beethoven and things like that classical music Mm -hmm. but with heavy metal backing band right and then the so the first half this year is going to be the ghosts of christmas eve and then the second half is going to be this best of trans-siberian orchestra which has uh, some some of the best of trans-siberian orchestra songs are christmas songs but some of them are not Mm -hmm. they cover they've had i think they've had six different albums uh, <clears throat> three of them were Christmas albums, and I think three of them were not. I just emailed you something about. I saw that. Okay, they're going to put it on YouTube too. So if you want to learn more about it, go to the Trans Siberian Orchestra website on YouTube. They're going to they're going to do like a, a whole concert, mm-hmm. or they're going to do the narrated forms of their of their albums. They're yeah. going to put those up. And I can't remember how much we paid for our tickets, but you can get tickets on Groupon. I would assume that they are, you know pretty high up but they're $49 I just seen that this morning okay so the, $49 you know but, if you but the way this show works is actually the farther away it might be the better because you can see the whole mm-hmm. <clears throat> pyrotechnics of it yeah I mean where we sit we normally can feel the heat oh yeah absolutely even if yeah and we're not on the floor no. we're up in the stands and when they do the pyro you can feel the heat hitting yeah. your face yeah I think it's a, an amazing performance the the voices from these people it sounds are amazing it sounds as good as the CD yeah and a lot of times when you go to a concert, it does not sound as good as a CD. Yeah. I can think of, you know, five concerts probably, you know, where I'm like, these people sound, you know, amazing. Um, and then, but TSO, it's always every year that we've gone, they all sound amazing. Everyone. Yeah. They have two different bands. They both perform at the same time. So you'll have a, you can have a, a Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert in Tampa and one in New York at the same time because they have two different bands. So that's how they're able to cover the whole country in such a short amount of time because they do the whole country. I think it's like 50 shows in like 50 days. Mm-hmm. And you could not do that with the amount of stuff they have mm-hmm. uh, at, with one band. So they have two different lineups. They play the same music but they're they're two different actual lineups right but it's really a good show to see we this will be our fifth year i think or six maybe i think it's our fifth um the first year was 2017 i Mm. believe and then they didn't have it one year because of covid Mm -hmm. but i think this will be our fifth year and um we take olivia she's you know usually time she went she was a baby mm -hmm. the second the last time she went she enjoyed it okay. And then after the second song, she goes, is it over yet? Is yeah. it done yet? Yeah. So. It's a 7.30 show that we're seeing this year, so I would think that she's going to fall asleep. Now, the first part, uh, they're telling a Christmas story. Yeah. So literally, you you know, you feel like you want a blanket and a pillow. Mm-hmm. It's very soothing. Yeah. And <laughs> it is really relaxing. My dad went uh, after he got out of the hospital. This was a few years ago, the year before he died. And he had just been in the hospital with pneumonia. And the day or the day before he got out of the hospital, he was able to make it to the concert. And yeah. he said that was the best. He, he really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. He really enjoyed it. So yep. it's it's they... good for the young and the old. Yes. Actually, my dad me. preferred the second half of the show, which was the more heavy metal show. Yeah. Than... Oh, well, I do, too. It's my favorite, the second part. I like the first part. But um, the sec- yeah, I'm almost, sometimes during the first part, I'm like so relaxed, too. You yeah. know, I'm like yawning a little bit, but not not from boredom. Yeah. But um, well, it's like you said, you need like a blanket. And yeah. Yeah. Cookies. Some and... hot cocoa. <laughs> Did you know that was my dad's only concert he's ever been to in his life? No. Yep. I did not know that. It was the first and only concert he ever went to. Oh. That's too bad, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad, they, I'm glad that uh, we were able to get them tickets. little election rundown before we go. Uh, so this, this is from Real Clear Politics. Out in Arizona, it looks like uh, Blake Masters and uh, Scott Kelly are tied. Carrie Lake and uh, Katie Hobbs, Lake up by three. Actually, she's going to be... That's it? Yeah, she's going to be higher than that yeah herschel walker and warnock they say is a tie this oh, is the last i read that he, herschel walker was not ahead right well these are different behind. emerson emerson marist it, it trafalgar is a good one uh trafalgar is usually a little bit more a lot of these polls try to skew results they call them suppression polls so for instance we were talking the other day about the john fetterman and dr oz poll mm-hmm. so the fetterman oz poll showed that oz was down right right and that just came out Mm-hmm. And you said, well, I'm surprised at that. Well, I was listening to Hugh Hewitt, and he said that the poll was done two days, uh, 
two of the dates that the poll was done were before the were before the Fetterman debate. And then the, the last day of the poll was done the day after the Fetterman debate. So most people didn't watch the debate, so they don't really know. It takes they hear from the water cooler and things about things like that. So they took this poll two days before the Fetterman debate with Oz and then the day of or the day after the Fetterman debate with Oz. And then they waited. They sat on it. It was favorable to Fetterman. They waited a week mm-hmm. or more and then they released it. And then so the impression that people get is, well, Fetterman's doing okay. I hear everybody said that he sucked in the debate, but he's doing okay. Mm -hmm. Because they used a poll, I think it was the New York Times, that was chronologically uh, out of order. So it wasn't from the most, it was late. Mm -hmm. And they used that to try to suppress people. So a lot of these polls are suppression polls. They do them on purpose. They oversample Democrats, for instance. And I did see a video. Did you see the video of Chuck Schumer talking to Biden? Telling him we're going to lose. We're in trouble. Yeah, in Georgia. But but the one in Pennsylvania, it was good. Yeah. And I and I was thinking, how could they be good? I mean, the man clearly has some well, brain then injury. Hugh Hewitt also covered that, and he said the the audio was hard to decipher what he said. But he did say that Herschel Walker is winning, but it doesn't look like we were hurt too bad in Pennsylvania. And so that's what was said. And the and the big punchline of that was, according to Hugh Hewitt, was Walker's going to win. Now, then he th- then he went to uh, ABC News, I believe it was, who was covering it. He goes, now listen to this guy talk. So they go to ABC News. And guess what ABC News reported? What did they report? Chuck Schumer's confident in Pennsylvania. Oh. That's it. Left out the whole part about Warner. Yeah. So this is the thing with the media. They, they are Democrats, mostly, 95%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, surprisingly, I believe it was Fox News already, already called Carrie Lake a loser. They called her a loser. They said she lost. Oh yeah, they said they 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 ran that, and they said, "Oh, that was a mistake." You know, that's not a mistake. Yeah, come on. Yeah, who who makes up a thing anyway? Two weeks in advance, they said that was a graphic that they were they. It wasn't bullshit. supposed to come out. It was yeah, kind of like the Harry Truman and Dewey uh, Dewey wins the famous thing where Harry Truman's holding up the newspaper and says Dewey wins. Yeah, that's what they're trying to say. It was it was a mistake. Yeah. Bullcrap. What else? Oz and Fetterman. So Trafalgar's more, uh, I guess you'd call it more oriented towards conservatives as far as sampling correctly. They have Oz up too. Uh, and then let's see, where else do we got down here? Rubio and Demings. This is here in Florida. Rubio's up eight, according to the Spectrum News Siena poll. DeSantis and Chris. DeSantis up 12. He is going to, I mean, I have no doubt. Uh, that he's going to win. They sent John. I heard John. They sent Joe Biden down here to 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 campaign for Rubio and I'm sorry to campaign for um, Dimmings and Chris. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, and he mostly. Um, I mean, to me, when I watched a little bit of it, he was mostly fo- focusing on women's um, right to yeah. kill their babies. Right. Same thing Chris did. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, why would you send the president down there when you know they're going to lose? Mm-hmm. You know, the reason I told you is the reason I think they did was mm-hmm. they were going to get questions if Biden was on the campaign trail because they already did. They sent Obama somewhere. And so they asked Karine Jean-Pierre the next day, why is Obama out there but not the president? So then the president gets sent out. Mm-hmm. And I think they did that so they could say, no, the president's on the campaign trail mm-hmm. because the president's not popular. The polls, approval polls for Biden have been and are always in the toilet. Um, so what they did was they wanted to send him out there so that they could say, no, he's, he's actually out there. He's out there and see, look, here's confirmation. There he is down in Florida. Mm-hmm. They know he can't do any damage down there because the damage is done. Right. And so they can say he's out there campaigning. They can get that win saying that he's not insignificant. He's not the leader of the party. Nominal leader of the Democrat Party is not insignificant. He's down there campaigning. And they know at the same time, he can't do anything wrong mm-hmm. because the chances are is that if Joe Biden went to campaign for you and you're in a tight race, things aren't going to go good. <laughs> yeah. You know, the same thing can be said for Liz Cheney. I just wrote something new on the podcast website about Liz and they sent her out to the West to go campaign for Carrie Lake's uh, opponent. She's campaigning as a Demo- Democrat campaigning mm-hmm. for Democrats as a Republican. Carrie Lake's uh, record number or uh, record uh, campaign 
contributions yes, and she I, went up in the polls. I did read that. She said uh, she now put a message out for Liz Cheney thanking, thanking her. her. And now she's going, she went to Michigan, so that person's going to lose uh, to the campaign for the Democrat. I say before it's all over, they need to send her to Pennsylvania to campaign for Fetterman, and they need to send her to Atlanta to campaign for Warnock, and they need to send her uh, anywhere where there's a close race so that Liz Cheney can work her magic and yeah. kill kill the Democrats' chances. That's it for us today. If you're interested, join the Dr. Tommy show. Uh, go to drtommy.com slash podcast. If you want to come in for a consult, go to uh, drtommy.com or call us at Echelon Health Concierge Medicine. We'll be glad to see you. So thank you for joining us. And like I said, if you're on Rumble, thanks for watching and thanks for sharing and thanks for subscribing and continue to subscribe if you haven't. And so until next time, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. 